Well, I love Catherine's story, and I hope you'll find her on the web and support her work, buy her stuff. She didn't know I was going to say that, but please help her. She's an amazing, generous person. Well, welcome to everybody. I'm glad you're here. I want to say hi to my mom who watches in Maryland, as well as everybody at the West End campus and the Missouri City campus. And I'm glad to be back here at the Richmond campus as we start this brand new series called Not What You Think. This came out of this conversation Lisa and I had, and I'm sure you've had this conversation as well, that that this is not the year we thought it was going to be, that this is a crazy year. We've reflected on some of the things. We just couldn't predict how this came out. So I thought, well, let's do a series on not what you think, because I think a lot of our life is unpredictable. And the reality is, um, the reality is we're living life in a really in the dark oftentimes, and that includes all of our relationships. I think, now you'd expect a pastor to say this, but I think our relationship with God isn't typically what we think. And I, I, I believe that we get it wrong much of the time. So the reality is, the reality is what we think isn't going well might actually be going according to God's plan. Now, I'm not saying this pandemic is from God's hand or anything. I don't know what God's doing, but I know this. God can use difficulty and struggle to really make a difference in our life, to set us up for the future. The reality is this, feeling down or weak or experiencing loss, well, that's a terrible feeling. And nobody likes that feeling. We all like feeling strong and in control and invincible, right? But we have this shared hardship today with this virus. So I want to take a look at how we can leverage this hardship, or at least look at this hardship that we're facing today. And some of you are facing great difficulty. You, you have had family members in the hospital or your family members are sick or you've lost your job or something terrible is happening or, or just life without the virus is difficult and you're facing some real struggle today. But I want us to look at possibly a perspective shift that would help us discover something important about God. And I think it will encourage you. And I promise that my sermon on weakness would not be a downer. So I'm going to really try to keep it up today. So let's look for the good thing. Because here's what I believe. Difficulty, especially ongoing, long-term difficulty, it takes this toll on us physically and mentally and spiritually. And, and we have to come to a place in our life where we have some understanding or, or we really can't, we can't really survive it or thrive in it. We just despair. There, there's something like what we're in today, this experience that we have that has just been common from the beginning of time. We don't like feeling weak or vulnerable or out of control, but here we are. So what is God doing? Have you asked that question? Have you had a trouble and a struggle and go, God, what are you doing? Why don't you answer this prayer? How can a person who follows Jesus Christ have a perspective that is beyond just enduring and beyond just surviving or beyond just getting through this tough time? That when we get through it, we go, oh, I'm glad that's over. What if something important happened in your life during this time? The Apostle Paul talks about this a lot. In fact, there's this famous passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul talks about this pain in his life. Maybe you remember this. He, he talks about this and he, he kind of uses this metaphor to say, I have this thorn in the flesh, meaning an ongoing pain. Now, don't let this word thorn uh, fool you. It's, it was not a little or a mild irritant that Paul was dealing with. The word thorn could actually be translated to mean stake. 
So there's this big stake, this big pain in Paul's life that just would not go away. So the apostle, like we do today, feels weak and tired and vulnerable, and he's experiencing this loss. And so let me read to you uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, uh, Paul says, he's reporting to the Corinthian church, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this thorn in the flesh, this pain, that it should leave me. He's asking God to take this away. But, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. And then he says this, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now notice here that Paul does the right thing. He took his problem to God. This is the beginning point for all of us to gain a new perspective. You should take whatever ails you, this ongoing pain, this heartbreak, this loss, this feeling of weakness, you should take that to God. You should bring it up with God. And I know you're not informing God. He already knows about this, but you should talk to God about it. You should say, God, what do you have for me in light of what I'm going through? Paul doesn't seem to be, of course, we don't really know, but he doesn't seem to be bitter or mad. He, you just get a sense that Paul's tired and he's fed up and he's wanting what we all want when we're going through trouble. He wants relief. He wants relief. Relief is something that we all crave when we're under stress or in pain or have this ongoing problem. We all want this virus to go away. We all want to get back to whatever it is that we define as normal living, right? Relief is good to ask God for, good to ask God for but don't get distracted by your desire or even your need. God is always up to something bigger than our comfort. That's hard to hear. Let me say it again. God is always up to something bigger than our comfort. So when you take this to God, this is where your perspective begins to change, where weakness can really make a spiritual benefit to you. When you realize that there's a story bigger than your circumstances, that God is always up to something bigger than your comfort. See, we, we are tired of, we get tired and, and, and we're hurting. When we're tired of hurting, we can easily lose this perspective. And we believe that the role of God in our lives is to manage all of our life circumstances to my liking. That we get into this transactional relationship with God where I have a need, God has the supply, so I ask and he provides. I ask and he provides. I need, he gives. And a lot of times that's what happens. You should always take your needs your desires, your hurts, and your loss to God. But you have to know this, like Paul did. God has a bigger plan than just answering your prayer. He's working an eternal plan. So what do you do when God doesn't heal or God doesn't relieve your pain or God doesn't solve your problem, when God doesn't fix the things you're asking him to fix? We see, we, we see Paul in that situation. He kept asking God, God, take this away from me. And God didn't do it. God became more important in this time for Paul than his own comfort or relief. 
Paul teaches us something here very helpful about our struggle or, or our fatigue or, or longing for relief that he, he recognizes something bigger about God. Now, here's the warning, I think, for all of us, especially coming from the, you know, uh, pros- prosperous times that we've come from and leading into 2020, the, you know, how we all expected things to continue to roll. Here's what you got to be careful about as a follower of Jesus. Here's what you got to be careful about. If you're not careful, you'll make comfort an idol. You, you'll believe there's something entitled about your life that God owes you something, that you've been a good boy or a good girl and you've done all the right things and so you deserve the good things. But there's this bigger story. Now, listen, I say all that and I'm trying not to be a downer here, but I'm saying all this to say this. God's our heavenly father and he only has the best for you. And he gives Paul two things that I think would help us today. One, he says, my grace is sufficient. God tells Paul, listen, I know you're asking me to take away this pain, but let me tell you something. My grace is sufficient for you. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. So what God is saying here is the things I have for you, that's not a compensation, that you're, you're not getting rewarded for good behavior, but my grace for you, my, the things I'm giving to you, that's gonna be sufficient for you. Sufficient for your happiness, for your joy, and for your contentment. And then he kind of turns the corner for us. And I don't think about this very often, but this is true. God says to Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I don't get a lot of benefit from that, but, but here's the truth. That when we're feeling vulnerable or weak, it is an opportunity for God to show up in big ways. You know, there's a benefit to weakness. And the weakness, the benefit to weakness, one of the benefits is this. It reveals what we're depending on and it reveals what you think you need. So when we don't have something like freedom to, you know, go to restaurants or, or we have sickness because of a virus or whatever it is that we're going through, it kind of reveals what we're depending on for contentment and happiness and joy. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. This weakness that we have, it reveals what we're depending on or what you think you need. And God says, my grace is sufficient for a happy life, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of uh, weakness, even in the midst of your discomfort. My power is made strong in your weakness. And somehow that's supposed to change our perspective, that we can face the difficulties that we have and say, okay, God, you're gonna have to show up in a big way here because this is uncomfortable. This is fatiguing. This is difficult and I don't like this. So if somehow Jesus can be lifted up or if somehow in this weakness, you can be made strong, that your power can be made perfect, that's what I want. And all of a sudden, what we recognize in our weakness is, is God enough or not? And when God is not enough, I think we're in trouble. Weakness and fatigue shows us something about our dependence upon God. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. So God is saying here that it's impossible to live a happy life just by receiving what God provides for us. It's who God is to us. Maybe you're at a time when you've asked God to intervene 
many, many times about your problem and nothing's happening to resolve your pain in life, this would be a good time for you to simplify things, to surrender your life to God's care. This is where your faith is really tested in these difficult times. My power is made perfect in human weakness, God says. God usually shows up in big, big ways when we're at the end of ourselves. And that requires a difficulty. You see, our self-sufficiency and independence allows us to live incredibly human, material lives. But God has something bigger for us. Our faith and our dependence on him allows something special to happen in our lives, something divine to happen in our life. That allows us to rise above the difficulty, to be able to live in discomfort and loss, knowing that we're content. This is an idea, this is not what we usually think when it comes to God, right? It's not what you think. This relationship with God isn't transactional. When we have pain, we want relief. God, however, wants something more. He wants our um, fellowship. He wants our communion. He wants our dependence. He wants something supernatural to happen in our lives. And it's in those times of weakness, because in those times of weakness, you can relate to this, you feel tender and teachable, and you're a good listener, and you're humble. And it's in those times that God can speak deep in our souls, in those times of desperation. Most of the time, we're just looking to get stronger and more capable and more durable. But God can take our weakest moments and do something powerful in our hearts, in our lives, and in our relationships. He's trying to build your faith. He's trying to remind us that there is a story bigger than our own comfort that comfort might be overrated. We like comfort. I like comfort. And as an American, I want comfort. But the idea is that God's got something divine, supernatural for you. And his grace is supposed to be enough. And let's be honest, it's not enough. We, only, we don't only want God's goodness and mercy. We want God to do stuff for us. And he does. But in times of need, we're reminded that God's role isn't to, for us to pray and he give, but he's a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children, but he's doing a bigger thing. It's not what you think. So that's why Paul can say, well, I'm gonna, this is unbelievable. I'm gonna boast in my weakness. Like you can get a sense that Paul's saying here, I'm going through a tough time. God's not answering this prayer. He's not gonna take away this thorn in the flesh. But God is going to show up in powerful ways. God's going to do something amazing in my life. And so I'm going to boast in my weakness because God is going to do something incredible. And he says this. To me, this is the most unbelievable thing that Paul says. It says, he says, I am content with my weakness. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been trained that discontentment leads to a better life, that somehow it pushes us forward. But Paul says, content. I am content in my wanting. I'm content in my need. I'm content in my pain. Turns out that Paul wanted God more than he wanted his comfort, more than he wanted his answer. Therefore, since God is going to show up in a powerful way, there's a purpose in our suffering. 
There's a purpose in our loss. There's a purpose in our weakness. And it's that God is going to have his way. I'll boast in my weakness because it allows me to brag on what God is up to in our life. This isn't about me. Life's not about me. It's about God in this deal. So the faith to know that God is at work in our life is it. We're so conditional in most of our relationships, especially our relationship with God. Many of you, and I've been here, so I can say this. Many of you are mad at God because he didn't do the thing you thought he should do. Someone died or someone got sick or a job was lost or a tragedy occurred and you asked God to do something and you didn't do it and you missed the bigger story. I'm not saying your pain's not real, it is real. I've been there. I'm just saying when we focus on Christ, it gets our focus off our problems and off ourselves and it puts our focus on God. It's the way to be content in difficulty is that knowing God is with you and he's at work on your behalf and he's not abandoned you, he's not left you, he's not forsaken you, he's fighting for you and he's at work in you. You just can't see it right now. So if you find yourself emotionally or physically or spiritually at your end, you might be in a great place because you're in a place where you're teachable, where you're able to see God at work doing something big for you. There's a parallel in this where Jesus was in the garden and he faced death. Maybe you remember this. He, he asked as he prayed to the father, he said, God, if there's any way that this cup can be taken away from me. But then he says these important words, but not my will, but yours. This is kind of fundamental in our relationship with God. It's, it's not what we think. Typically we think that it's God's going to do the things that I want him to do. But Jesus reminds us it's not my will, but it's your will. This is the real kind, this is what it really means to follow Jesus. It's not about you anymore when you accept Christ. You live your life for Jesus and whatever he has for you, you're trusting him that he has what's best for you. It doesn't mean you're gonna live a life without difficulty or pain. It just means that in your weakness, you can see something better happening and you don't need to be comfortable all the time to be happy. So it's not what you think. We, we need to think that God is going to get us out of trouble all the time or solve our problems or rescue us. But the bigger picture is that Christ wants to be enough for you and for me. And if we're really honest, that's a struggle for us. That's why Paul can say, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And nothing is going to separate me from the love of Christ because he got it. He understood the perspective was that he could rely on God. This is why Job in the Old Testament says, Though he slay me, still I praise him. Habakkuk, a minor prophet, says this, though the fields are barren and everything is gone, still I will rejoice in him. And so great men and women of faith throughout the Old and the New Testament had this perspective that they had a relationship with a personal God in such a way that their circumstances didn't dictate necessarily how they felt about their Savior. So in times of weakness, we better see if we're in love with what God does for us or if we really love who God is to us. So here's what you can do. Confess your weakness. Take it to God, just like Paul. Expect God to show up in ways that are unexpected. Run to God. You know, say, okay, God, here it is. But not by will, but yours. I know many of us in our, many of you in the church 
have gone through some incredibly difficulty. We're making phone calls right now to check on everybody on all three of our campuses plus our online campus. And I just, I hear the stories. I've been to the hospital. I understand. I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm just saying you don't have to have everything back together in your life to experience the joy of the Lord. So let's run to God. Let's grow our faith. Let's not let our difficult circumstances dictate how we feel about God and his role in our life. And let's surrender like Jesus did, but not my will, but yours. Let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you that even in our weakness, you show up in big ways and that you're aware of our pain, you're aware of our loss, you're aware of our anxiety and you're at work in our life. Thank you for Catherine Mason, that she takes what she does and she wants to bring attention to Jesus and encourage other people. And may our lives reflect that. Like Paul said, that, his, that your grace, oh God, could be sufficient for my life, that I don't need you to do for me. I need you to be something to me. We thank you for your hand that gives so generously and provides so miraculously, but It's who you are that sets our feet on solid ground during difficult times. There are so many that are weak here and going through difficult times, but the good thing is that, God, we could learn to boast in our weakness because it brings attention to Jesus. So take this cup from us if it's your will. If not, teach us how to be content in it. And may we encourage one another along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.